So hello and welcome to the Talk State podcast today. We're joined with Dylan and Mike from Polybias. How are you guys? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. Cool. So how we're coming to the end of lockdown. How has lockdown affected you as a band? Well, um, if we were, we've had a lot of gigs put postponed. Uh, probably the most gutting of that was we supposed to play the Cavern Club in March in like um, a Battle of the Bands final, but obviously the right decision was made and it was cancelled. And it's been tough as well because we've obviously we're from all over the country, so as soon as lockdown was called, like we went our separate ways. Uh, me and Dylan, we did a few live gigs on uh, Facebook at the very start, but then the the rent ran out of our house, <laughs> so we had to come home. <clears throat> so, I mean, like you just said, you've been doing some events on Facebook and stuff. Have any of your gigs been rescheduled? Have you got anything in the pipeline coming up? I think it's all so precarious. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we will do it, but it's it's been delayed. And um, so though we trust them, I, I'm sure they will happen. You know, like, it's just a case of when one places are open, when they are, when they allow gigs and what the capacity can be in some of the, because, you know, a lot of these places here in Liverpool that we play are quite small. And like, that's kind of the vibe you're after, you know, like you want, you want to fill a room and have a good time. But um, if, if, say, you're only allowed 20 people in, <laughs> you can't really have a gig, can you? No, no, definitely not. I mean, talking of gigs, what's been your favourite gig you've done today? Oh, I think... For me, it was definitely, we played um, a place called Outpost at the beginning of the year. And it was just everything you want with a gig, really. Everyone played perfectly. The crowd was so receptive, so much so. We did an encore, which we've never done before. <laughs> they wouldn't let us go off stage. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was just brilliant. Everything, the support as well was fantastic. Like we had a band called The Effigy, who were brilliant. We had the Marigolds, who just released a single, drop a promotion in for a, Yeah, just a uh, cheap plug. Yeah, they've just released, they, they were brilliant. I think it was their first or second gig as well. I think and it was then, their first. Their first, yeah. And then um, our mate, our friends as well, they were brilliant. It was just brilliant night. Nice, nice. What about yourself, Dylan? Um, Outpost was kind of a complete package. I still look back at um, when we played um, Hebe Jeebies. Oh, that's nice. When we released our EP last year and Dom, our drummer, had just joined. And I think, you know, it was the first, it was the first gig with the four of us and it went really well. And we worked really hard to put it all together. And it was another, I had some mates up from uh, Birmingham and they played and they were really good. So it was just one of those ones, again, I think, like like the Outpost gig, where it was just like a really good night, and I think everyone had a good time. And we had a good, few, good amount of people there. And it was just, everything worked smoothly and was really, really sound. So Very nice, very nice. I think it's a, a toss-up, even though we were probably better at Outpost. <laughs> <laughs> one of the memories from that was one of our mates, Alice. Um, she's only small. And she was getting involved in one of the mosh pits. And I remember just looking up at one stage and she just flew. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. 
Crack me up. <laughs> Bloody hell. So, like you said, you're all scattered around the country. So, how did you become the band? How did you all get to know each other? Um, through uni, actually. So, um, I just, there was this, there was like a band, there's a band sock. So, anyone who plays an instrument just goes through there. And uh, started jamming with a few people. And uh, the only people from that still in the band now are Bish, the, uh, the guitarist. And uh, I met Dylan through the course. And we saw Queens of the Stone Age together in Manchester. Very nice, and then very nice. on the way back, he was dropping subtle hints that he wanted to join the band. <laughs> Hey, like, you were you were saying you needed a guitar player and a singer, and I could we were, do both. So yeah, why not? Uh, and then, uh, well, he comes to uh, the next session we had, and it was a no-brainer, really. And then uh, we had another drum before Dom joined, and um, he left. And uh, the story about Dom's quite funny as well. So we went to like this. I went to uh, this gig with two of my mates and um, I was telling them our drummer's just left and they were like, well, our housemate is a drummer, but, you know, we're going to start a band. So if you see him ever, you can't tell him you need a drummer. <laughs> so it was just like, right, <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to bump into him. And literally, I'm told unplanned. Uh, we went to this pub and then he walked in with like all loads of his other mates <laughs> and they were the people who brought it up and he showed me this video of him playing I think it was an Avenged Sevenfold song and I was like this guy can play the drum pretty well <laughs> and then he come to a jam and we were just like you're our new drummer <laughs> So you just, you sniped him in basically. You just yeah. <laughs> you literally, yeah. I think it's another it's another classic case of of like someone sneaking themselves in also half. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you actually all been together with the members as they are now? Eighteen months, I think. Yeah. It's like last January. Nice, nice. So are you back in the studio anytime soon? Hopefully when everyone's back as i mean luis is portuguese so he's in portugal at the moment so i think he's intending to come back like mid-september but we're just looking at some studios now just to see which fits well really yeah, it's, the, it's the marriage of you know if they're open what sessions they can do what sessions we can do price mm -hmm. you know it's all factored <laughs> yeah, into yeah. we've got a few single. songs ready to go as well just needing to get recorded, which nice. is exciting. So, what was your most recent release? Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah, that was. I'm right in saying that. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. our latest one. Yeah, because obviously we featured that in Tunes of the Week. It's actually a great song. Yeah, so I'd like to you. talk thank about you. it a bit. What was your like process behind it? What are the influences behind the song? Do you want to I tell this? I think with uh, yeah, I'll take this one. I think with all of our stuff that I think because we're, we're all quite different musically, we all really enjoy different styles. So like, um, I don't, I don't think um, Luis would be hard pressed for me to say like he really likes kind of bands like Tool and kind of a bit more proggy stuff. Mike's into kind of more what I would just kind of call like rock stuff, like Foo Fighters, bands like that. Um, 
Dom, the the madman that he is, like loves anything with massive drums. So, so I know he loves glam rock quite a lot. And I think I'm I'm quite thrashy or quite um well, yeah, thrash metal, old old stuff really is the kind of stuff I'm into. So we all kind of bring different influences to the track. And though the um the guitar is mostly um Luisha's um invention um i did write all the lyrics i did all the vocals myself and again i think we all, we've all tweaked and played with our pieces on the track quite a lot so i think um it's one of those ones where just the meetings of all of our different tastes plus a really good i think solid more more than the foundation maybe maybe the song was structured out by Luis, and then we've all kind of bought our little individual elements to it and just made it into an absolute cracker um, <laughs> we if i'm honest i think we it always goes down well when we play shows it's um it's it's the one we play last it's the one we played as encores it's and um i think just that recording of it is, is absolutely great like i really enjoy mm-hmm. listening to it yeah the louis they've got it spot on the sound engineer we were working with he just got us as a band really straight away like we knew as soon as we started talking to him that he's the person who can bring the best out of us. Yeah, yeah, because when I listened, you are, you're a bit bit heavier than a lot of the modern you know, indie rock and roll bands which are coming out nowadays. So, you know, you're doing something a bit old school, I would actually say, mm-hmm. a bit retro, and I do, I like it. You know, it's a breath of fresh air, to yeah. be honest. So, uh, Dylan, just to go back to the, uh, the lyrics, what's your actual process when writing lyrics? Um... I kind of, I always go with like, like an idea or a theme. Um, I think I'm a, I like, I like our songs to either be a, be a little bit storytellery, so a little bit of a narrative in there, or to have kind of a message. And I remember um, at the time I was at uni um, doing stuff about kind of futures and dystopian futures. Um, and I think, you know, we, we we were living and we still are living at a time when I think a lot of people in power don't have a lot of accountability, um, you know, both here and across Europe and the wider world. And so it's this, this idea, isn't it, of, you know, like the people that are in control, you know, whether it's Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, the police, people like that, um, don't, can literally do what they want. They have no accountability and people still vote them in anyway. So it's just that kind of idea of like, you know, who, who, question mark, watches the watchman. And of course it should be us, but is it that way? And um, it's just that kind of little bit of kind of critical thought. I think, you know, you can kind of work with that idea, work with kind of how long you want the vocals to be. And then you kind of write around a chorus usually. I do like writing choruses first because I think it's nice to get them in. And sometimes if you're, if your lyrics are a bit too poetry, like, it can be a bit tough. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one of my favourite bands is Arctic Monkeys and their recent album, Tranquility Bass. Um, obviously, that's quite poetic and it's all about a theme. I, I love when bands just pick out something right about it rather than just a generic love story or, mm. you, do you know what I mean? And I yeah, love the album. It's an incredible album, yeah. <laughs> Probably like um, one of my favourite Arctic Monkeys out because they're one of my favourite bands and I know it got a lot of stick but I love it. I just love how different it's been 
it's brilliant. I mean, it's, I mean you, you can't criticise a band for trying to change, trying to do something exactly. different and be inventive and creative. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I have quite a lot of issues with people about it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, like you say, they're not going to... Like the first few albums, they were right for the age they were then, but they have to. They can't still really think about stuff. Cap writing about you know shagging beds in nightclubs when you're when you're in your mid thirties. You're running from the police, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean you've got quite a quite a good take on who watches the Watchmen. There, I found it quite fascinating. Um, So like, what you were trying to say is, like, we should be the people observing and telling the people at the top what they should be doing. Is that essentially it? Yeah, and and often people don't, you know, even. You know, like look at our popular news media. I won't name names, and like they literally like I, people could, you know, people in power could be doing anything, and like you know, the Rupert Murdochs of the world would clap them along as they did it. You know, and people don't people don't hold people to account, and like it's just you know, I think sometimes you know you can get a bit dour about it, but I'm also very angry about it. I think pe- people should be more angry about it, and that's why I think at times it's quite a mellow song at times, but I think it's got quite an angry kind of chorus, and I really like, I, I really like performing it. It's really, it's really good fun. So it's an angry song. You, you, you're fun. saying that we should be, you know, doing something about it. And there have been people doing things in the Black Lives Matter protests. So, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that? Why you made that? Uh, I, you know, I've been following. BLM for a few years. Um, I think since mm-hmm. Fergus Ferguson wasn't that was the first big march a few years ago. Of course, years ago now. I think that was probably when five six years ago. Um, so it's one of those issues where, thankfully, because of social media, because of um, community organising, because of activism, it's becoming more and more prevalent. More and more people are thinking about it. And of course, I think what we saw this summer crossed over with the lockdown was just this outpouring of um, of anger and. Um, like and um, yeah, hundred percent support for it. It's um, absolutely yeah. brilliant in my perspective. Me and, too. Um, I've, yeah, and I've, like it's it's a good example of how because of the age we live in, the age of the internet and all you know, technology and increased communication. Um, fortunately, we don't have to use these traditional methods of active of. of bringing people together to support something and i think um you know of course it's the downsides all big protest movements do but again you've got to support the message you've got to support the aims as well and you know great go for it you know the more protests the better in my opinion i agree i, I agree completely i feel like it's got, it was like a perfect storm it was like you had people had the coronavirus obviously we have had that and then you have this horrific event and it's finally made people who've probably never thought of it before think about it which is vital for any movement really and they've come together to create hopefully what hopefully will bring about change a much needed change it's been it's been there forever and i mean i think this is the time that people are sick of it and not taking it anymore like um i know my mum for example where she works they've had a lot of 
like meetings about it and online videos just getting people to think who wouldn't necessarily normally and yeah it's brilliant definitely it's important that people are finally doing something trying to protest for change because so many times you know an incident like this has happened in the past and it just gets brushed over in america the police cover it up and it's just hidden away from the public eye so it's thankfully this is now in the public domain. I mean, obviously, football has been a massive part of that in taking the knee. And I know some band, um, sorry, <clears throat> some fans have criticised it. And, you know, I think it was Burnley, wasn't it, who flew the plane over with all eyes, Matt, and just, just some idiots out there. But at protests are the way forward. My dad was involved in protests for mines in Thatcher's era. And, it's yeah, I mean, obviously... Living in Liverpool, you uh, you have quite a big opinion on Thatcher, but <laughs> <laughs> protests do cause change, and hopefully we will see some change in the future, or mm-hmm. well, sooner rather than later. Sooner, hopefully, yeah. It's like you say, my now. dad's a union man as well. I learn all about them. <laughs> in Birmingham. It's all about just you know, I think communication and connecting with people who want similar change and then working together to make it happen you know you can't do anything on your own and I think even though often we feel quite isolated especially with the current kind of closures and lockdowns elements of modern life kind of mean we're more connected than ever and I think that's uh, quite something that's something that's quite important to remember yeah an important way you can bring about change as well is through music and obviously that's what you're trying to do with, with your messages. And I'm going to go just, what, while you turn this, is back into the music. Where do you see the band in 10 years? Do you see yourselves making an impact with your message in society? Do you want to be playing stadiums? What do you want to get out of the band? I really, oh, that's, that's my dream. Like, I mean, and it's going to sound very cheesy, but... I mean, I just enjoy playing to people. So as long as we're still doing that, whether it be 30, 40 or thousands, which obviously I hope it is, but I just enjoy playing music to people and I enjoy the reaction that we get. I enjoy people. Like knowing people enjoy your music. There's something special about that. And just hope we continue doing that. And I mean, I guess the main aim of the next few years building up to that is playing outside of Liverpool because we haven't actually had a gig outside of Liverpool for various reasons mainly to do with studying and now all four of us have graduated hopefully we get to play around the country <clears throat> I mean there's plenty of venues out there there are plenty of venues I mean just in Manchester alone hundreds where you'd be welcome yeah uh, hopefully we've been speaking to a few promoters around the place so hopefully like i mean we'd literally just joined the booking agency as well so hopefully something comes of that it's just a case of getting your foot in the door i think in a lot of places like ever since we've played played um heavies last year we've so many players being like, oh, hey, do you want to come play that, this gig here in Liverpool? And that's often how it is. We often get approached now to play a lot of our gigs, mm-hmm. which I think is, which is quite cool. 
and we just need to um, get get a foothold in Manchester, maybe get a foothold in Birmingham, and just again like set up that network. Because I think, you know, to shoot our own trumpet a little bit, I think we're really fun life. Like I think it's it's our strongest element as a band. We all Definitely. really enjoy gigging, and I think often often people that come and see bands kind of enjoy that energy of just the band really enjoying what they're doing and we're a good time i think that's fundamental birmingham's definitely somewhere i want to gig i mean i've seen like the success of bands from the midlands recently like the claws and uh candid and just want to do what they're doing really like seeing the claws take off signed by universal it's really given me like a lot of confidence really that it can happen because i feel like they sort of there's like <clears throat> the local gigs and then there's the bigger gigs and there's sort of like a there's no in between but now i've seen the claws go from the local to the big time now really i sort of getting played the other day on bt sport i feel like it's definitely achievable yeah i mean a few years ago i used to think you know, Manchester, the northern cities are the heart and soul of the upcoming music scene. And recently, you know, when we've started the podcast and nearly all of our guests are Midlands from yeah, around that area. Yeah, really good at the minute. And, and Scotland. <laughs> so, yeah. And I really thought all these places. Obviously, Jerry Cinnamon in Scotland has been like a main catalyst for a lot of those bands. Yeah, he's class as well. Big fan <laughs> of his second the album. Midlands. Hey, historically, so many huge bands come from the Midlands, like huge genres even. You know, there's a very firm argument that can be made that metal is, is yeah. an invention of Birmingham. You know, bands like Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. And so I'm not surprised. It's such a huge area and it's such a diverse area as well. It's like so much music comes out of it. It's brilliant. It's not a disservice to Liverpool. Liverpool at the minute with Red Rum Club as well. Mm. They're doing brilliantly. It's usually... There's a lot good coming from Liverpool as well. Hopefully, we can get to that level <laughs> soon. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. So, what is like in the near future in regards of singles, album? Is anything going to be released? Um, def- probably singles. A few singles coming up. As I said, as I said earlier, like we've got a lot of material that's ready, just ready to hit the studio. I mean, we recorded. EP um, a few well about yeah 18 months ago coming up to two years now it's when we actually recorded it but um, that was it wasn't really the best I don't think we, we didn't really show how good we are well we were a different band we had a different drummer. yeah we, we were only had only really been together maybe six seven months it was basically our core kind of four songs um, you know and it was done quite cheaply very quickly i mean that's very the thing quickly. we recorded we recorded four songs in like 10 12 hours which is and yeah which like was the watchman which was a short four, amount of time we spent on, yeah which was a short amount of time we spent on watchman so like and I, you know and like i i had like the world's worst head cold at the time like <laughs> i could barely speak for large chunks of it so it just it but it it was what it was, and it was important, I think, for us at the time mm-hmm. to get the, to get those examples because we didn't really have a lot of stuff to give to people to show us who we were. And I think now we've got a lot more gig footage, and we've got the, got the 
we've got Watchmen recorded to a really good quality. It's just it's just a different you know a different stage as a band. And also, we didn't really know how to promote. Like with uh, with Watchmen, like um, we've been sending it off to people like yourselves and uh, loads of blogs and different things. And we like Rabbit in Headlights before we just released it and thought that'd make us massive. <laughs> but obviously, didn't think about all of the promotion that goes into releasing a single. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's an exciting band, uh, exciting time to be a band. You know, we're coming yes. out of lockdown. When gigs restart, people's thirst and hunger to be going to see all these upcoming bands is going to be through the roof. Can't wait! I really. It's can't going wait. to be incredible, and like you said, if you're going to be branching out into all these new cities, I'm sure you're going to quickly develop a good fan base. Hopefully, hopefully. <clears throat> well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks, being great. Thank- Yeah, it's been a pleasure. So when you have some new material, please send it over. We'd love to promote it for you. Oh, we will. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) Amazing stuff. We'd love to be back on. (laughs) Yeah, Honestly, well, if you do play some of these local venues in Manchester, Liverpool, try and get down maybe a face-to-face interview. Because that's what what we're going to be branching out into. And we'd love, love to have you on board. We're totally up for that. Anytime. Great stuff. So you can find all the band's links in the uh, in the bio blog. Find us also if you would like to feature on the blog. Drop us an email and thank you, Fortune. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs>